Hey y'all, welcome back to Bankrupt Overland. Got the guys back in our basements again. Well, I don't know if everybody's <laughs> in their basement, but I'm in my basement hanging out. Uh, what's up, dudes? Hey, hey man. What's happening? <laughs> what's going on? Just enjoying this beautiful Tennessee weather we've been having this last few days. Yeah, minus the pollen. Ugh, that's Ooh. the worst. Yeah, I forget about people allergy with allergies. Season. I didn't yeah, notice that right, until man. someone can't brought it up. And then I realized that the pollen is like everywhere. Because like, I take like a Zyrtec every couple days or whatever. And then I saw like the white dust all over. And I'm like, oh, that's pollen. Yeah. Okay. It'll yeah, turn. you could have a brand new clean car. And literally in 24 hours, it's going to have a nice green fuzz all over it from oh. the amount of pollen that's in the air right now. Well, good thing I drive a piece of shit. <laughs> cabin air filters what's that he's <laughs> like is that is that a, a a sliver of dust on top of my dirt what's going on here <laughs> is that dust actually filling in the paint chips on my ride <laughs> wow what a feature oh, that's so nice good job tennessee <laughs> yeah <laughs> and for that reason we thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great uh well to get us started I, I, y'all y'all both of y'all did some fun stuff this weekend so who yeah. wants to lead it off I, i'm i'm jealous right now <laughs> <laughs> i'll take this one uh so i went to land between lakes uh nothing too crazy just um kind of a, an established campground it's called fenton campground in land between lakes because my brother uh, went with us and he doesn't have any sort of full drive vehicle. So we found a, found a nice, um, secluded camp spot by a, a little Creek. Uh, that was fun to just a quick overnighter. Um, it was beautiful weather this weekend. I mean, you could probably couldn't ask for perfect. better weather. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was just absolutely gorgeous. So cool nights. Um, not too bad, you know, uh, mornings and middays. Um, just kind of hanging around the campfire, man. It was, it was nice and relaxing. Definitely needed that. Um, just because the past couple months that I've had, it was nice to get back out there. So you went out Friday night? Yeah. Uh, we left Saturday morning. Saturday morning so okay. we did Saturday morning and then packed up, um, Sunday afternoon. Nice. Okay. So just a quick overnighter, but enough to, to get me reset. That's for sure. How the, uh, that was the, how the tent and stuff work. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, with those tents, it's 30 seconds if that to, to set up. So um, two little latches, pop it up. I did have some new gear I was able to test out, which was which was pretty fun. I got a um, a new double wide sleeping bag uh, for my wife and I. It's a Kelty 20 degree True Comfort. Oh, nice. That fit. Yeah. Yeah. It fit perfectly in the tent. And what's the best part about it is that it closes with the tent. So before we were just kind of using blankets or whatever, and it just, it was just always a hassle. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. So this actually closes within nice. the tent. Um, yeah. So even easier setup than before, which is always a key component for me. And then, um, I got some REI dividends, uh, from all the crap I've bought this past year and, uh, picked up two snow peak, base camp or home and home and camp stove. So I'm actually getting away from the, the traditional kind of Coleman two burner stoves and going with two 
individual butane stoves to cut down on size within the <laughs> so before yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> seems crazy uh, but uh so it, it's it's really cool if you take probably i don't know maybe two and a half beer cans coke cans whatever and stack them up against each other that's about the size that one of those takes so it's super so it's like compact. a little 10 inch like pancake almost on top of each other no no it, it's literally like if you take probably one and two beer cans and maybe a oh, wow. and a half. Oh, you said beer cans. Yeah. I'm tracking now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, so, so um, yeah, it's super compact. Now, I have two burners, so I always like to bring extra extra fuel. So, I'm bringing four canisters of butane. So, um, But even then, that size in itself with all those gas canisters is probably 30% of what a, a Coleman two burner stove was with two propane cans. Oh, wow. That's so, awesome. Um, savings. Just, yeah. Space saving is, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And those things are, they, I don't know what the BTs on them are, but we've scorched our salmon. They so, pump. <laughs> they got they hot. Pump. Yeah. They got hot fast. So um, everything seemed to work out really well. Um, awning came in clutch when the sun came out. So it was just an awesome weekend. How many nights do you have in that tent now? Probably six, six, uh, six nights. Yeah. Um, so we got it really late in the season, uh, last year. So we didn't really get to use it a whole lot. Um, but we've got about six, six nights, um, this year in it. So I'm looking forward to getting it out more in the, you know, summertime. That's for sure. Yeah. I know you got that. And big, then obviously, yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. say you have that big trip coming up. So I always, I've gotten, I don't know, maybe, maybe I don't know how many I have in my tent now, but it took me about five or six to kind of get it dialed in to how I like yeah. it. So it sounds like yeah. you got the new, the new <laughs> sleeping bag. Like you're kind of getting set up for that long trip to, to make it pretty comfortable. Do you have it there yet? Or do you have a few more things you're going to be doing to, to make the tent feel like home before you're living out of it for, uh, a handful, a couple handfuls of days, maybe, right? Yeah, about basically two weeks we'll be living out of it. We're just going to stop in some resorts to, you know, make sure the wife is happy. But, uh, hey, a shower every nights, four to five days. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> For sure. But I would say probably 90, 95% of the, the time we're out west, um, at least for that two weeks, is going to be spent in that tent. Um, it, it's pretty dialed. The, I think the, the last thing that I need to do is get the solar panel on. Um, but my, my whole, uh, charging systems already set up for that. So I've already pre-planned for that. I just got to put the solar panel on the tent and I'm, I'm good to go. Nice. That's some good foreshadowing for later. (laughs) (laughs) Sneak peek, right? Oh, Oh, Jeff, you get that? Is that trailer ready or road ready yet? Oh man. I was working late hours last night. Um, (laughs) and I, I built a table for the side of it that kind of clips on. Um, there's a name for the strip. It's a, it's like an aluminum channel that you put on the side of the trailer and it has like a, you like lift the table. It's basically a piece of plywood with an edge on it and you lift it and drop it in the bottom of the latch and you can lift it up and it kind of locks it in place. Um, they use them a lot in RVs and stuff. So it's on the outside aluminum and it allows me just to pop in a table. So I built a, it's like a 42 inch wide by I think it's 18 inches or 20 inches deep. So it's a pretty good size um, table mm. for the outside. That sounds awesome. And that's for exactly the opposite of what uh, Steve just did is 
downsizing, I <laughs> upsized about um, 500% and bought a uh, Blackstone uh, griddle and burner combo. So it's got a 17 inch griddle on the left hand side with like a <laughs> lid and it's freaking huge. And I can cook like, I think it's like 14 strips of bacon, three eggs, two pancakes and a sausage at the same time or something. And, Jeez, wow. <laughs> and then uh, next to it, it has like a big heavy duty burner um, because I have like old Coleman, like, you know, a white gas stove that you have to pump and it works good for just yeah. one person. But if you have a whole family, um, you kind of need a little bit more space. Um, and then with it, it mm-hmm. came with a deep fryer basin with like a fry basket and everything. So now I have the ability to do <laughs> deep fried things on the trail. Um, not sure wow. if I'm actually going to do it or not, but I think it'd be pretty awesome to make some your own French fries or like uh, corn dogs or chicken wing, chicken wing, uh, there chicken you wings go. On yep. the yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, man. I cooked some smash burgers, uh, homemade onion rings, and homemade French fries over the weekend, and it was pretty sweet to kind of just break right. it in. Um, then got a little pancake pancake tank. It's an eleven pound tank, um, so it's about the same width around as like a standard twenty pound tank, but it's just like mm-hmm. you know a third of the size. So height wise, yeah, height wise, is that what you're kind of okay? And so that'll last. I wanted to get a little five pound one, but everywhere they didn't have any in stock anywhere. And I'm going um, mm. in two days. So picked one up at Ace yeah. for way too much money, but I think it'll be just fine. Cause <laughs> if I do trips yeah. with by myself, my land cruiser, I can use my old stove. Sure. But yeah, I just tinkered on some stuff. I put the lights inside the trailer. Um, and I just packed up the trailer tonight with a bunch of stuff for the weekend and getting it ready. Hopefully it, uh, Hopefully it doesn't fall apart. Knock on wood. <laughs> but, I think it'll be good. Yeah, I hope so. You're a craftsman. Oh, we'll yeah. see if the welds hold on the spindles. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm worried about. You get a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just avoid the uh, the Kentucky Adventure Trail or you know Uari or yeah. you know some major wheeling, and I think you'll be okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> stick to the the main roads, and I think I think I should be fine. Nice, nice uh well cool sounds like both of y'all had exciting weekends i didn't even put gas in the land cruiser that's how how just stagnant my my (laughs) life is right now we're uh we're at ball fields a lot and we're just in the in the season of sports with the little kids right now so we're enjoying it excited to uh kind of race into the end of may to get to Mm -hmm. uh to get out and start living the the outdoors life again a little bit there we go uh well Shall we talk about what we're going to talk about tonight? Yeah, let's do so. it. I'm excited All right. about this topic. So we were talking last week a little bit about um, electronics and, and kind of uh, power and, and things like that when you're out uh, camping. And there's a lot of ways that you can do power or have, have power out when you're, when you're on the trails, when you're camping. Uh, when you're RVing, when you're trailering, whatever it is, there are so many different ways for you to bring accessory power. Yeah. And so we, uh, we were talking a little bit about the, the DeWalt batteries a little bit. Uh, we talked a little bit about Jeff's Red Arc he got also. And so we thought it'd be a good idea just to maybe jump through some different things. I think we'll start probably with a pretty common upgrade that we see in the Land Cruiser community, at least, is the dual battery setup. 
uh, and how that works. So I understand, you know, at a basic, you know, level, like dual battery means you have twice as much power. Um, but (laughs) 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 how it actually works, uh, I've never actually dove into myself. So it's a great, uh, opportunity for me to learn and for you guys to learn because, uh, Jeff and Steve both know quite a bit about, uh, how those setups work, how to set up those setups. And then not only Mm -hmm. that, but how to maximize those setups as well. And then we can also, depends on how much time we have, we can dive into the accessory power as well. Like how the power you'd carry with you in the back of your vehicle. Um, Those are pretty popular now as well. Those are, you know, if I got into it, I would probably look into that first. It seems like the easiest, Mm -hmm. at least on the surface, Mm -hmm. probably spend a little more money I'd say outside of labor, but definitely looks like the easiest to be able just to get power out there for a significant amount of time. So my first question is going to be um, dual battery setups and, and just at a basic premise, how does it work? Okay. Um, how much time we've got? So, <laughs> so the, the basic dual battery setup, I guess, let me just step back further. Before you decide that you need a dual battery setup, you kind of have to ask yourself what you're going to do with the vehicle. <clears throat> And by, call. and by what, I mean, people message me yeah. all the time about my setup and stuff. And, and I always ask them, what are you going to do with the setup? Like, what are you going to do with your rig? Are you putting it in a fridge? Are you putting in like 15 light bars? Are you putting in, you know, <laughs> underbody lights, rock lights and camp lights? And, yep. you know, are you bringing an inverter? Are you bringing your coffee maker with you? Uh, are you running a compressor a lot? Are you filling up, you know, toys? Like if you go to the lake, um, so the one, that's the main question you have, to have, you have to sit down and almost write down like, what, what are you going to power? And I think the most common thing and what everyone, you know, does is they charge their phone. They, you know, run a, a small little light somewhere. And then that's kind of the beginning, right? Then you get into the aspect of, Hey, I saw on Instagram, this guy got this cool fridge and he has ice cream trail. <laughs> so they're like i want a fridge and if you're just going to run a fridge you don't necessarily need a second battery you really really don't um unless you're going to be parked for multiple days at a time if you're just going to put a fridge in get a larger group 31 battery and honestly that's all you really need if you're going to be running if you're going to be running um, for First question, I'm just going to raise my hand on the Zoom session so you know when I have questions before. There you go. What is a Group 31 battery? Okay, cool. So a Group 30, a, a Group question. 31 battery is is kind of like the largest battery size they make. That's kind of for automotive or or pretty. Let's just say automotive. Um, it's it's big, so it weighs about 65 pounds. It's about 13 inches wide. Um, it's about probably an inch. It's just a lot longer and bigger than a standard battery. Yeah. My, my Land Cruiser came with a group, uh, I think it was a 27 or a 24 in its stock mm-hmm. factory. And what you gain is the amount of amp hours. So that's the amount of amps you can pull for an hour. That's kind of how they rate batteries. 
Um, there's a whole lot that we can go into that I'm I'm just not a professional with it. So I'm going to leave yeah, that. We could get into the chemistries and all that, but I think that's way too far. Yeah. Of, yeah. You know, what we want to keep at this point. Exactly. So <laughs> you said a word I didn't even, I avoided when I was in school. I said, it's chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, buddy. We'll keep it in like layman's terms. So, yeah. so you guys, thank you, sir. So you guys can relate a yellow top Optima is, I think it's 75 amp hours. So that's a okay. that's a 75 amp hour battery. Since it's not a lithium ion, let's just bucket all the rest in non-lithium ion. You can only use half of those amp hours before the battery is considered flat. So you only have, what is that? I don't know, 39, I don't know what, I'm not good at math, 38, 38 amp hours. 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to make it simple, a Dometic fridge pulls between one and two amps per hour. So if you have a battery that is 37 amp hours, you could run in a fridge without starting the vehicle from 37 hours to, I don't know, 17 hours ish. Mm -hmm. So you can pretty much run it a whole day without starting the vehicle. Um, That varies depending on the temperature inside your vehicle. Well, yeah, that would, I'll say you're, Outdoor temperature is going to going to make a big difference in that. If you're Correct. in 40 to 50 degree weather, it's not going to pull as much as say we're in an 85 degree, you know, sunny day. Exactly. Yeah. Summertime when you have ice creams in there and the fridge is set to zero degrees or negative five <laughs> degrees, that fridge is running probably pulling three amps per hour. So. Oh wow! Oh, so it'll go above that. Two's not the max. Yeah, That's just I would say yeah, depending on if you use freezer or whatever. But I would say you're pretty close to say one to two amps and. There's so many factors, how many times you open it, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and how full it is too. That's another Exactly. Factor. So yeah, you can get real complicated and real scientific. Yeah. So let's just say that. So if you have a fridge on a, you know, an Optima yellow top, which is a pretty standard replacement, and it's almost close mm-hmm. to the same size as like a factory battery, right? If you have a brand new factory size battery, you're probably going to get around the same, about 70 amp hours, 75 amp hours. So Technically, even if it was summertime and it was running, you know, pretty, you know, good, you could run for 15, 15 hours minimum before having to start the vehicle again. So, you know, you're off-road and camping with your friends, you park it at, you know, three or four o'clock, you can make it to the next morning. And obviously at nighttime cools down and you don't use as much power. So most likely you'd be fine to start the vehicle. So um, go ahead. LJ. Vulnerable moment. This is the first time I've ever understood that. Oh, sweet. Legitimately the first time <laughs> I've ever awesome. understood like how the amp hours and all that works. I don't, I, I guess I, I, you know, I, I get it the more longer, but I never actually be like, all right, mm-hmm. how do you actually do the equation to make sure or to do the math? So yep. kudos, oh, cool. man. Nice. I, I, it's like, <laughs> it finally like clicked. It was like, Oh, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, it's like doing, um, Oh, what are the, what are the, uh, suspension in the front of the Land Cruisers. I'm losing my mind. Right oh, now. the measuring like the torsion bars. Long bar. What's torsion it called? Torsion bars. Torsion bars. Yeah. It's like torsion bars. Like it's like confusing yeah. until you do it. Then you're like, oh my gosh, why was that so hard? It's like, not, it's, yeah, so simple. <laughs> just it turns this way and it keeps the wheel down. Like of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and before we go further, full disclosure, I learned everything I know because oh, of Jesus. Jeff. I got <laughs> so like Jeff has also taught me. Uh, that's scary. I'm telling people <laughs> listening to the podcast and and uh, Steve's about to burn down his vehicle because he listened to me. This is very important disclaimer. 
We are amateurs. There is no advice being given here. <laughs> Do not take. This is our own experience. This is it's just a recap of what we know, not for advisement of what, oh, what we, we want go. to do. So take that as you wish. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, uh, though. Don't be, don't be sending me no cease and desist about us talking about how this happens, right? Um, but anyway, sorry. Back to the point. Okay. So we were talking about dual batteries. Dual batteries. So, and we were talking about the first thing. And if you have a fridge, you can get away with just a single just a stock battery. I mean, just the battery that's in your car, if it's not, you know, three years old, you're probably going to be fine. Um, Mm -hmm. Then you upgrade to a group 31. My group 31 that I have is 105 amp hours. So I get a significant jump. So now I'm playing around Mm -hmm. with a 52 and a half amp hours. So the one amp hour, you know, range, the low range, I'm going to get 50 hours. So that's what, two days almost. Two full days without even having the fridge and, you know, in that condition. Um, And I've had it last longer than that without starting the vehicle and no solar. So it varies depending on what the temperatures are. Um, And then anywhere in summertime where, you know, you could be killing, you know, half of it if you stop early at camp. So um, that's kind of the, the single battery option. Now, when you talk about dual batteries, this is where it starts getting confusing. Um, I, I made the mistake once with my first 100 series where I was like, oh, I'm just going to get a yellow top Optima. I'm going to throw it in the, the back of my cruiser with a little battery box. And I'm just going to run a really fat cable, like a 10 gauge or 8 gauge cable from the starter battery to the house battery. Is it called a house battery? I think you call yeah, it house. Yeah, like RV yeah. life. It's called so a house, house battery, or the second battery, right? So mm-hmm. let's play with this scenario. So your starter battery, not to get like too chemistry, but if you have a lead acid battery, it has a little bit less volts than an AGM or an absorbed glass mat battery. Better. I think there's a, you know, a 0.4 or something different. So your standard battery could be 12.8 and these are like 13 or something. I don't know the exact math. Don't quote me on it, but I know that there's a different value and it can also accept charges faster or slower than other batteries. So um, with the dual battery, you need the ability to disconnect the battery when the vehicle's not running. So if your engine's running and you have a cable connected to your starter battery and with just a fuse on there, and all of a sudden you're pulling power out of it and you go in the morning and you go, oh, I drained both batteries. There's no way to isolate them. So the term isolator is a basically a mechanical disconnect between the starter battery and your auxiliary battery. And that does that when the vehicle is turned off. So if you, you're driving down the street, your battery's charging, your starter battery's charging and your house battery's charging, you turn the vehicle off, it disconnects the two batteries and only allows you to drain from the second battery if you wire it properly. You guys all following along with me so far? I'm tracking, (laughs) Chief. Okay, so you have your second battery. You have an isolator that disconnects it when it's running or disconnects it when it's not running. The the problem is newer vehicles have a thing called a temperature sensitive alternator or a smart alternator, something like that. 
And you see newer vehicles, like what, what are we talking? What, what year range do you think that that these things started getting put in? uh, My Land Cruiser has a smarter alternator that ramps up power and lowers power. It's a 97. So um, unless you're in like an old Jeep or something. And I don't, like I said, I don't know the exact science behind it. And like um, Red Arc has a battery calculator thing where you put in your vehicle and it tells you what kind of alternator you have. So uh, redarc.com or whatever it is. Um, so what happens is, let's say your car's sitting, right? Your engine's cool and it's a you know 60 degree day. You start your vehicle up, your battery hasn't gone down. Just, just a perfect scenario, nothing's gone down. Your battery's still fully charged. You start your battery, it takes a little bit of power for the starter, and then your alternator kicks on once the vehicle's running. And it pumps a ton of power in there right away and when the engine heats up, it actually starts pulling back the power because the battery's getting topped off quick. It can't just, it's like a fire hose. You know, you can only pump so much water inside the house mm-hmm. before it starts coming out the windows type of thing. So it mm-hmm. slowly starts trickling off the power because it senses the battery's getting charged and it doesn't need to put any more power in there. So when it does that, the second battery is not getting the full power because the the battery connection is connected right to that starter battery. The alternator is connected to it. It has all the vehicle sensors and stuff right on it. And it knows how much power is coming out. So it's not drawing. It's not pulling enough power from that starter battery to the auxiliary battery or the house battery. Mm-hmm. So there's a thing called a DC to DC charger. And that's direct current, which is a car. And it, it basically takes the battery, the starter battery, and you basically wire it to this unit and then you wire this unit to your second battery. It does the isolator thing. And it also does a couple other things. It boosts the voltage from the starter battery mm-hmm. to the aftermarket battery. And it has a basically a charger inside of it. So we all know how a power inverter works or the, the, the concept of it, right? For automotive, you clip a little thing on your battery and it's a power inverter and you can plug in like a hair dryer or a coffee maker or whatever it is, right? Power your laptop from it. Mm-hmm. It kind of does the yep. same thing, but in a lower voltage. So it takes the, you know, the, let's say 12 and a half to 13 volts that your alternator is putting out after the battery is fully charged. And it basically amplifies that to 14 volts or 14 and a half volts, which is like a really healthy charging voltage for the second battery. Um, lithium ions and AGM batteries need a, a little bit stronger charge to charge them. So now this thing's basically like a battery charger at your house plugged into the wall yeah. and it's amplifying the power and putting up to the, the unit I have is putting 25 amps into the battery. So that 25 amps is 25 amps per hour. So basically what I talked about before, you know, my battery is 105 amp hour for my second battery. I can use 52 amp hours. So technically I can recharge my second battery in two hours. It'll put in 50 amp hours and I'll be pretty much topped off if my battery was completely dead. Now, Jeff, let me interject here for a second because when, when you're talking about when it tapers off, <laughs> when it's tapering off, that within the battery, and I'm going to get a little technical here, 
within the battery, there's certain charge profiles, right? So if a battery is depleted a lot, there's a bulk charge, which is dumping amps into the battery to get it up to a certain level. Yep. Then there's called something called a float yep. charge, which is less amps, but it, it's a it's a battery protection thing, right? Because with the first system that you're talking about with uh, just a, a hot wire, fused hot wire going straight to the battery, it, it doesn't know, okay, well, it's, it's at 90%, so I'm going to start tapering off that charge. Correct. It doesn't know what that second battery so is at. Protect. Exactly. So that, that charging profile is so important because, A, it helps with the longevity of your battery. That's, your yeah, that's battery. the biggest thing. Um, yeah, and also so you don't grenade the second battery, right? Because the, the, I think there's three main profiles. There's bulk, float, and then I think there's one. Yeah, other there's one like a trickle. There's a trickle float. too, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when Jeff is talking about that DC-DC charger, that logic is also baked into that. So, for example, Jeff runs Red Arc. I run uh, Renergy. I think Iron Man 4x4 also has a DC-DC charger. I'm not familiar with that their system. Um, but at least with our two DC-DC chargers, there's those profiles built in, and those profiles are different based off of, I'm going to bring up that word again, battery chemistry. So my lithium ion phosphate battery has a different chemistry. So it has a different bulk, has a different float, has a different trickle. Uh, Jeff's AGM has a different bulk float. and Exactly. That's another. How much power can it take at that moment? I I think the lithiums can take a little bit more, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. You can dump quite a bit, I think up until almost 90% charge and then it starts tapering it off. Yeah. So yeah, like you were saying, that that charge profile really helps, you know, the longevity of your batteries. Your battery is going to last a lot longer. And I have an example of of that. So not to get confused, but my 100 series, when I just had a basically a fused wire ran to the back and that was hooked to the second battery, I put a disconnect switch on it. So when I was stopped, I could turn it off and it was like a manual battery disconnect. Is a manual manual isolator. Yeah. So I used that when I went to Overland Expo West, um, and I had my Dometic fridge. And what I was noticing was my fridge has a voltmeter on it, right? Um, and mm-hmm. the app you can go on the Bluetooth and it tells you what the volts are at the fridge. I was noticing that my fridge, when the engine was running, it wasn't putting the same amount of power that my alternator was putting out to the other battery. My bat, my main mm-hmm. voltage was like, let's say 13 and a half. My fridge was only mm-hmm. like 12.8. So it was barely charging that battery. It wasn't charging yeah, it very fast. It's nothing. Um, yeah. I had a hundred amp alternator. So get back to the whole thing. I had a hundred, I think it was a hundred amp alternator on the hundred series. I forget, maybe it was an 80, um, but it wouldn't charge it wouldn't charge that second battery fully. And it was a, it was an AGM where my starter battery was a, a lead acid. So it wasn't even allowed. Yeah. I was mixing the chemistries. It wasn't even allowing it to get mm-hmm. fully charged. So I was, I was missing out that let's say 0.4 or 0.5 volts, which is like mm-hmm. 20% of the battery. That top end is like 20% of the battery. So I wasn't getting a good charge. So going back to the profiles and the charging is, it really yeah. helps to get that slow ramp up and then a float charge to keep it maintained. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, uh, and it, it's we can get way more technical, like I said, with the the chemistry. But a a basic dual battery system is what Jeff explained. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a chemistry expert. <laughs> so to recap, so to recap, essentially what I what I what I think I've heard is you don't want to do just a wire to another battery. We want to have at a minimum a fuse, but even with a fuse, you're not going to get the right power output to that battery when you have a dual battery system. So what you want to have is one of those DC to DC is it device what what's, what's the actual proper term for that? DC to DC charger. DC to DC charger, which sits between the main starting battery and your house battery and will amplify the power coming from your battery to give a good proper charge to that second battery. So that way it runs all of your appliances with quotation marks uh, <laughs> just fine in your vehicle. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay. Yeah, one, what are the other? One quick thing. Oh, I go ahead. Let me just say so when you have that, uh, that first. Uh, setup that Jeff was talking about that he had in his old 100 series. What you've essentially done is, is ran those two batteries, the starter and your auxiliary, your house battery, in parallel. So they're both draining at the same point. So what what that means is when you wake up in the morning and you're ready to go hit the next trail and your car doesn't start because you have that, that very, very rudimentary system, yeah. you've drained both of those batteries at the same rate. So that's why having you know that isolator a if you just want to be as basic as you mm-hmm. can the isolator is so important it, right exactly. right because that isolator will only run down the house battery not exactly. run down your starting battery exactly yep. exactly yeah so got it one got other it. thing that i was kind of confused and that's why i didn't really know a lot about it and that's why i just did the fuse in between was i'm like oh diesel trucks have two batteries and they're just wired directly together and I believe it's different. And I believe that, I mean, first off, they have probably 200 amp alternators. So they're able to put a ton of power. So that's the other thing is you can put a bigger alternator on and you probably don't have to do this, but mm-hmm. it's still, it's a charger maintainer. Um, so the diesels, I think they are just wired differently and they might have two leads from the um, alternator going to each battery to charge them. I'm not sure I'm not a diesel tech. Um, but yeah, if you if you want to have two different chemistries, then yeah. So diesels actually work. Uh, the reason why, and I'm not I'm not an expert, but my understanding is because gas engines use spark plugs to to ignite it. Mm-hmm. So you use you're essentially using that battery to ignite that uh, fuel, whereas diesels are compression. Yeah. So you don't need that that battery to be running the engine, right? Because as the piston compresses. It, create, it creates an explosion, yeah. which fires that piston back up. And so that, that's kind of a difference. Now, I don't know if, if that's really why diesels can run two, two batteries. Maybe that they need all the those batteries to start it up. I think they need it, it for the, the glow plugs to start it for the compression, oh, okay. too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that makes more sense. Um, okay. So to get back to the dual batteries. So dual batteries. Yep. So... You can't just buy an extra battery and put a wire from your other battery to that battery. Bad news bears. Bad news. It's not going to perform very well. Yeah. Gotcha. If you wanted to do that, you could wire two batteries right next to each other, really close. I mean, within like a foot of each other and you could basically crisscross the terminals. So not, 
not reversed, but you'd have the power suck through from one to the other. Okay. So that's a whole different topic, but yeah. you could, you could do that if they were both, if they were both, let's say AGMs, you know, put two yellow tops right there, it could work. It's just not going to work as good for an older vehicle like mine when I only have an 85 amp alternator. Or right, amp right. So, so dual batteries, if, if we, if we're going dual batteries, the proper way to do that is to have a DC to DC charger that sits in between to one charge the house battery at its, what it would prefer to be charged at and two to disconnect right yep. the starter battery from the house battery so all your appliances lights fridges dishwashers whatever you might have in the back of your land cruiser <laughs> it can uh it can, it can properly run you won't you won't kill your battery and then when you start your car back up right that charger just immediately gets going charges that battery up and based on that charger you're probably looking at maybe an hour of that vehicle running or two hours to get you back to a full charge yeah that's a perfect scenario too so that's if you're you know if you didn't leave your doors open and your other battery got drained a little bit that's kind of a perfect scenario of pulling that the unit that i have is a 25 amps per hour maximum um steve i think you have a 30 amps yeah mine is 30 okay. yep um and then the other part of these DC to DC chargers, they offer something that is really cool. And that's the ability to input solar directly into them. So yes. my Red Arc has a solar priority. So it can charge a maximum of 25 amps total to the second battery. Um, and you can also hook up solar to it. So currently I have a 100 watt panel and if you do the calculations, it's basically, it can put up to six amps per hour in an optimum scenario, basically perfectly straight onto the sun. It can put in six amps to, uh, per hour into the sun. Mm -hmm. um, and then the vehicle will make up the rest if it's running. So, hmm. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's, I'm not good at math, but so let's say you're driving down the road and then my solar panels on my roof always I'm going to be getting, you know, up to six amps per hour from the sun. And it's a, it's a great, it's called green priority for, for uh, energy or sorry, not energy, um, red arc. So I'm getting six amps per hour and then I'm getting the other, whatever, up to 25 amps from the vehicle. So 25 minus six, so oh, 19, cool. I'm getting 19 amps from the vehicle into the battery maximum. Um, so it does a green priority. So if I had three solar panels on there, I could be getting, you know, 18 amps. I could be getting all of my power from the sun and I would never even need to start the vehicle ever to charge it. Uh, but I only have the one. So that's built in. Yeah. How, how no, big is that solar panel for a hundred Watts? It's about three feet by two feet, I believe. Yeah. That sounds about right. three feet by two feet. And have you ever gotten perfect sun? to see the, to see those numbers like, yes, yes. Be legitimate. Yeah. Oh, nice. Back in um, California, <clears throat> I could leave my, I didn't drive my land cruiser to work. I had a commuter and I could leave my car parked in the driveway and I would just leave my fridge on just like I do here. I would just leave it on. And it was, it was on, it's pretty much been on since I've had it for two and a half, three years, like since I've gotten it and oh, I would just leave cool. it in the, leave it in the driveway with this. It's sitting in the sun. Because the battery, mm. the, the fridge only use uses like one and a half, one to one and a half amps per hour. 
the solar can put in up to six. So during the day, it basically, so you're at a net I'm at a net positive. Yeah. It's, it can't even, I, it's fully charged by like 10 o'clock in the morning because it only used, you know, maybe 11 o'clock in the morning, but it only used, you know, yeah. eight hours of, of battery, you know, throughout the night. And then in the morning, it sits there and gets charged up. Got so it. That's, Got it. Yeah. That's a little different how my system works. Um, and I actually like the way the Red Arc system works. Um, mine is called Solar Priority. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, what it does is, is, it, is it downtunes vehicle input and allows up to, I think it's 15 amps of solar. So basically what happens is if I have a solar panel plugged in and I have the same 100 watt solar panel from uh, that, that Jeff has, but if I have my solar panel plugged in to the DC-DC charger, it'll accept the maximum amount of voltage, but only accept 15 amps from so the it splits it when it's running. It splits it. Yeah. So it basically splits it down the middle. and. I don't necessarily know why they do that. Uh, maybe if, you, if they're expecting people to put two to three solar panels, because I think mine is more towards or geared more towards like RVs. Yeah. Um, whereas Red Arc is, is Australian born and bred type of deal that they expect, you know, to be put into Land Cruisers and, and <laughs> you know, Prados and things yeah, like exactly. that. So, um, so mine isn't necessarily as robust as Jeff's. Um, but it does have kind of the, the, does same, the same thing. Now there is, no. yeah. Now what, what's interesting about mine is that if it detects that the uh, secondary battery is completely full, it'll start trickle charging the starter battery Yeah, that's uh, when really it's on cool. solar, which is really, really cool. Cause then you could leave it indefinitely. You'll know that your, your starter battery is good to go. The next time you crank it, if you leave it for six months or whatever in the sun, um, and you know that your your fridge has been running and your second battery is fully charged. Um, so there, there's pros and cons to each, but I, I think the majority of the, the big name DC-DC chargers work in the very similar fashion. Yep. Where they have a charge profile, they have a solar input, um, and, and mine is an MPPT yep. uh, yeah. solar charger. Maximum um, and that's power kind of what point tracking, I think it's called. Is exactly what it's called. Uh, there's PWM, which I think is a little bit older technology and not nearly as efficient. Yeah, that's the the cheaper one, which I've had. I had, and it worked. Oh, well. you did. Yeah, okay. that's the the one that I have sitting on my desk right here. Is the the uh, <laughs> Renergy? It's the smaller little one. Yeah, and okay, that's cool. a that's a PWM, and it's tiny. You know, they're mm-hmm. so small. Um, Actually, speaking of that, I think Dan Greck, the the gentleman that did the. Um, trip around Africa and his uh, Jeep has a PWM yep. chargers and a Dometic dual zone yeah. fridge. So those, I'm not saying that those don't work. It's just more of an efficiency thing. Yeah. It's a different, I think the MPPT is a different way of capturing energy from the sun. Like, I don't know yeah. how it works, mm-hmm. but maybe it like it bundles it up in a capacitor and then it, once it gets to a certain voltage, it shoots it out or something like a pulsing or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. Now it, it's also important to mention that, um, you can't just hook up a solar panel to a battery. Yeah. That's not <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Like there, there's a reason why these solar chargers exist because the input that the solar panel can output. And when I say input, I'm saying like the, the, the sun that it's receiving. The voltage that it outputs uh, varies, varies yes, huge. 
<laughs> yeah. It varies based so on how much sun it has and the angle and it gets mm-hmm. crazy. And how much dust is even on the panel. Yeah. Like y- you can have some panels, you can have like a leaf blocking one of the, the cells is what they're mm-hmm. called. And like an entire half of the panel can go yep. out just based off of what kind of the, you know, what, what's the, the design of the panel. And there's like monocrystalline, monocrystalline, uh, polycrystalline, and it's one other one, I think. Yeah. There's three, there's three um, different types and mm-hmm. they all do different things. So one's good in full sun, one's good in cloudy, mm-hmm. and then one's like an all around. Yeah. And I think the monocrystalline I think it's yeah. And you can tell by the color. So one of them's like blue, one of them's like blackish. And then Mm -hmm. the other one, it looks like um like rocky almost. Um and then some of our flexible too. Yeah. So I mean there's so much there's so much information to to know (laughs) that you can't even Yeah, for sure. That you can't even try. So in this episode, mm-hmm. in the hour we have, but yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds like you can make it really simple with the type of DC to DC charger you buy. Like yep. that, I feel like that's what makes the, all of the math and equations you guys are doing and chemistry and all that. It, <laughs> it, it, it it's what simplifies it to where like lay people like myself can go. Okay, I need more power. How do I do this? Oh, I buy this really good tool, just like with our yep. DeWalt or whatever, you know, we're, we're using <laughs> at the yep. time we get the right tool and then that right tool will then lead us to a, a proper setup, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's really like a set and forget type of thing. So you buy the, mm-hmm. like, you know, you buy the Red Arc or you buy the, the Renergy and it really does it all for you. It's like a, it's a no bells and whistles like there's no gauges or anything on it. it doesn't tell you how much is going in it has like a light on that says vehicles charging or solar's charging mm-hmm. like that's it like it keeps yeah. it real simple like i don't i don't it's kind of like i don't really care what it's putting in there like as long as it's just working every single time i start my car and i never have to worry about it that's exactly what it's done for me since i've had it for the last um i don't know year and a half almost two years probably now Actually, no, over two years. Um, just literally never, yeah, had never had an issue. Like it's been working perfect since the day I got mm-hmm. it. Do you know the life on one of those normally? Like, I mean, I mean, we're talking not something that's getting beat up, right? I'm sure it's mounted somewhere in a secure place where it's, <laughs> Jeff is. Jeff uh, can get some. Well, I have seen you jump that eighty, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's mounted. Mine's waterproof. It's like IP67. Mm-hmm. Um, they say mount it in a posi- in a place that doesn't get over. That's like 250. It's like 250 degrees. So yeah. it's like basically like an engine bay. Um, mine's yeah. mine's mounted in in kind of like in the grill, so cool air does get to it while you're driving. Um, and there nice. are heat sinks on it. So um, whereas mine can't be, you can't submerge it. You can't. So that's why I said when mine is tailored more toward like the RV market, mine is actually inside of the cab, which means I have to run bigger cables, longer cable runs, which add a little bit to the cost. Um, but Jeff's is right there. Like if you pop his hood, you'll see. Uh, I think it's on the the, the right side, side if you're yeah. looking at it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you'll see it right there. Whereas mine is on a panel in the in the back of the vehicle. So um, there's some differences, obviously. But um, the the core concept is it takes in voltage, upscales that voltage, recognizes the chemistry of your battery, and then 
maintains that battery based off that chemistry. Yeah, yeah. it allows yeah. So you to the switch. The good thing is that. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what I think I'm hearing is you get a good DC to DC charger. It's going to input solar, right? So that's the kind of, you know, I always thought the second battery was that was the center point of the dual battery, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. I think that the, nope. the the core tool for the dual battery is not the second battery. It's the DC to DC charger because that DC to DC charger allows that system to run properly between those batteries, but also mm-hmm. gives you that solar ability as well to come in and almost from what i hear is up to 20 or what 19 amps an hour for solar and some of those meaning that you you never even have to use a second charger if you got full Mm -hmm. sun right or that that first battery yeah technically like in california when i'd go camp it'd be in the middle of the desert and i could literally just sit there indefinitely and run my fridge run my lights and never have to start the vehicle here in Tennessee, the camp spots are typically shaded. Um, so when I have gone for two days and not started the vehicle and I use, you know, my my awning lights and charge gets tablets and, you know, left the radio on or play the radio or chart, you know, use the inverter and all that stuff, I had to start the vehicle. But you only need to start the vehicle for like an hour and you can put mm-hmm. in 25 amps. So like think about it, you know, an hour seems like a long time to run your vehicle. It's probably going to use maybe what a gallon of gas, gallon and a half, maybe. Yeah. So, you know, for a couple bucks, this is idle. a couple bucks, you know, you're charging your, your batteries. It's quiet. Like you can run your vehicle at nighttime and recharge your batteries where if you had a generator or something like that, cause you're trying to get power, mm-hmm. it's super loud. So, you know, it is, it does make it flexible. Um, and the amount of stuff that you can do with a properly properly charged system, I would say if you have a good charger and a good battery, you could get away with just one larger battery and do things than, you know, two or three batteries if you didn't have a nice properly run system that could charge quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to make the comparison, the charger is the brains, the battery is the muscles. Right. right. So the, the 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 logic and everything that that is needed is in that charger the battery is just there to output to all your accessories um so that, that's kind of what helped me realize the difference between oh why don't i just go with an alternator versus okay well i'm going to get something that has a little bit more upfront cost but i know will take care of my battery will always keep my battery charged uh, no matter what the situation is damn i feel educated <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't spent fifty minutes over here listening to these dudes talk about batteries, and I know I know what's going on now. <laughs> I hope y'all do too. If you don't know what's going on, you weren't paying attention. <laughs> rewind. Yeah, rewind yeah, this thing. Re- listen to it a second replay. time from another account. <laughs> yeah, it gets, it gets much numbers. more complicated than that. But that's that's. I mean, that's the the Cliff's Notes version of it. So yeah. Now. There's uh, there's one more system that you can kind of do that, that may even simplify it further. And that's uh, a lot of people are calling them solar generators. So, Jeff, you just mentioned uh, running a generator. That's You're probably mm-hmm. talking about a, a gas generator like a Honda yep. or whatever it is. These solar generators that are coming, coming out now, I think if you don't want to fool with running wires or if you want kind of a portable system, they're an excellent option. So I actually have... Uh, a Jackery 240 
Um, people can run like the goal zeros or whatever they are. Um, and I think like Blue Eddy and, and a couple other companies, there's just quite a few actually, um, that have these solar generators that, that do the nearly the, the exact same thing, but also have like USB outputs, 12 volt cigarette lighters. Um, mine even has like an inverter that I can plug in. I can't plug in like a hair dryer or something, but I can plug in, um, like a thousand like watts, a, right? Isn't not mine. Mine is a kind of a lower end, but some of the like, yeah, some of like the jack. I think mine is like five hundred watts. Um, but some of the larger jackers can do two thousand watts or something like that. Um, which is which is fantastic because now you don't have to run the cabling. Like I said, you don't have to buy individual components and piece it all together. You have one nice neat um item that you can strap down in the back of your vehicle, plug in your um, refrigerator, plug in your cell phones, plug in your tablets, um, and also have a, a generator. So um, it's it's kind of this all-in-one solution, but what's also really cool is a lot of these have solar inputs. Now. Yeah, exactly. So you can have the exact same system. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. Y'all can't so see my can... face. My, I'm picking my jaw up <laughs> off the floor because I've been into yeah. the, like the jackeries. Like I said that when I was earlier mm-hmm. when we were talking, I said that's that seems like the easier way to do this. Which, as someone who didn't understand dual batteries, I was going, oh, mm-hmm. let's do the easy route, right? We just buy yeah. this thing, I throw it in the back, and I plug <laughs> shit into it when, when yeah. I'm ready to go. Oh, exactly. Like for sure. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these, uh, uh, especially the larger <clears throat> amp ones. Um, like for example, my my jackery doesn't have solar input; it just has ac input and then 12 volt input but i think if you jump up to the jackery 500s or thousands i think mm-hmm. like 2000s now um they have solar input and you can dump i think it's up to like 200 watts of solar now when i say 200 watts it, it's it sounds a lot 100 watts yeah, it sounds a lot yeah, it, it's <laughs> What's the exactly. what's the difference in the numbers that you just said? I think you said you had a two fifty. There's a five hundred, a two thousand. What what are those? I'm sure those numbers dictate some type of power unit or m- measurement, right? They measure those yeah. in watt watt hours. So we yeah. said amp amp hours. Oh Jesus, hours. more damn equations. <laughs> so just megapascals, am I right? <laughs> this is a tech talk. Decided. It's done. Uh, this is a tech talk. So let's just let's kind of simplify that. One thousand watt hours is around forty-five amp hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. So back to my battery, my one hundred and five amp hour. I can use half, so I can use 52. So this is 1,000 watt hours, the or the 1,000 model Jackery is about 46 amp hours. So it's a little bit less than my battery in my car. And the reason is that this is a lithium battery, so you can use all of that power. It's not a half thing, just to confuse you more, LJ. So can you, no, actually it makes sense. Like I never, once again, I never understood that. Now I do. Um, (laughs) What? (laughs) So I understand how the the depletion ratio, right? By the amp hours and how Mm -hmm. many, like we do the fridge analogy, right? We'll go two fridge on on one hour is two amp hours, right? So we'll use that analogy. Um, How quickly, and you might know this better, Steve, does the Jackery 250 charge back up? And what is that process? So 
the yeah the, the jackery 240 that i have is uh about 12 hours on 12 volt and i want to say eight hours on just normal wall plug big difference uh, and that, that's in the yeah, dual battery so, charger then yeah yeah, yeah. oh wow yeah, so oh, you're talking kind of two a, three hours with the dual batteries and <laughs> yeah you're, i mean you're talking yeah. you use that that's like a one trip pony right like that's yeah Mm-hmm. Now, now the thing is, is so my 240 is Jeff gave a, a watt hours or um, an amp hours of the thousand watt. Correct. Jackery. Yeah. My 240 is like 16 amp hours. So that kind of gives you a, a scale. Of, okay. Um, to get 16 amp hours into the Jackery 240, you need eight hours of AC charging or 12 hours of um, 12 volt charge. Does that equation so now, map up and scale up to 1000 the same way? Or is, is there a better no, charging? I think, I think they, sure. I think they boost it. I think they boost it okay. as you go higher. So I think like the eight hours now, I don't know. They just released their, their 2000 watt. And now I'm only speaking out, out of, you know, just from the top of my head, I don't have Jackery's website up here. Once again, we're amateurs and <laughs> this is, <laughs> please don't sue us. <laughs> we have no, <laughs> We We're have just no dudes assets. Talking about things in our garages. Uh-uh. We have some hats. That's all we can give you in your lawyers. <laughs> DMS. What do you got there, Steve? What are you showing so us? So this is the the it does the two forty does uh, seven okay. hours. This might be the new model. Or something. Ah, there it is. Seven hours on okay. AC. The twelve volt is six point five hours. The sixty watt solar panel is seven hours. So okay, okay. Oh, see, yeah, okay. This cool. might be another so. If you're looking at Jackery's. Solar. You can pop on the website. They're going to tell you how, how yeah. long it takes to recharge. So de- the benefit is it's all in one. Benefit is it's all in <laughs> one and it's, it's idiot proof. You plug it into your car. You basically yeah. plug it into your cigarette lighter and you just leave it plugged in and it'll charge while you're driving and it won't charge when mm-hmm. you're not. Um, when you get to yeah. camp, you're more than likely going to have to plug it into a solar panel, put it in the sun mm-hmm. and you're going to kind of have to caress it. Um, yeah. When you get to the larger, the larger things like the goal zero, you know, the thousands or 1500s or whatever, the three thousands, that's when you're starting to talk about a lot more power and they can accept more power faster and stuff too. So yep. they, Got the, the Yetis do make a car kit. That's kind of like a DC to DC charger. Um, and you hardwire it oh. into your vehicle and then you have a plug and you plug it in when you're basically you know driving around and it'll charge you a little bit faster. The main thing that limits mm-hmm. how fast you can charge it in your car is the size of the wires in your vehicle. Yeah. So the cigarette lighter plugs, they're like a 20 gauge wire. And if you don't yeah, know what that looks like, if you have a pair of headphones, it's basically the thickness of your headphones is how thin the wires are that go to your cigarette lighter. So you can't pull much power. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotcha. So pros and cons so, is easy to do. It's they're they're more. Of, I would. I mean, it's almost the same amount of upfront cost. Like a dual battery is not cheap to get that kind of power. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like if you're more of a do-it-yourself person, go ahead and build yourself a nice dual battery system. If you're just a little weekend warrior and you just want to like have things work, it's like an Apple or an iPhone or sorry, an iPhone or an Android, get the iPhone. That's your Jackery. That's your goal zero. If you're an Android guy, get the dual battery set up Buy the DC to DC charger. You can always upgrade. You can change things and you can adjust it. You can always put more solar into it. You can always put a bigger battery. You can always add a second battery. So you can have three batteries in your vehicle. 
and it's more of a future proof thing. Um, to give you a reference, the DC to DC chargers from uh, Red Arc around the $400 range, $350, $400. A nice dual battery or nice, a second battery is, you know, $250 for that group 31. And lithium is way lithium ion is, is, you know, 500 to $1,000 for the, the, for an equivalent size. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's a 10 year battery, you know, where my group 31s, you know, a four, four to six year, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, then you have to wire it. You have to buy wires. You have to install it, mount it all. So, I mean, you're almost going to spend a dual battery system. You're going to spend close to a thousand bucks just to add, yeah, I heard, just to add, I heard 1200 with lithium ion. And then you add on your, your, um, your wires, which wires aren't cheap, by the way. No, Amazon wi- quality. Amazon wires. wires are cheap and they're junk. Yeah, there's copper. There's yes. a reason, right? Copper. <laughs> you get what you pay for. If you listen to one thing, don't buy copper-clad aluminum wires. Please, God, please. That's no. basically an aluminum wire covered in copper, so it looks like it. But as soon as you cut into it, it'll start being brittle and frail and be garbage, mm-hmm. and it'll catch on fire. Buy a good quality. Yeah. Now to. Now, to give uh, our listeners a uh, kind of a, a price breakdown for my system. So I went, I decided to go um, all Renogy uh, just because it was different. I wanted to kind of test it against Jeff's system and, and just kind of to learn myself and then to kind of really understand the system. So, and I haven't pulled up here. My 30 amp DC DC charger is 249. Um, that that's just the charger, not any sort of fuses, no sort of wiring. Um, it does come with an ignition wire and a battery temp wire, but I mean, those, those are pretty basic stuff. That one also accepts solar, right? Yep. Yeah. That one is also an MPPT tar- charger as well. So, uh, and then I have a 50 amp hour lithium iron phosphate battery. And when someone says they have a lithium iron phosphate battery, they're talking about the chemistry, but they're also talking that... I have 50 amp hours. I can use the full 50 amp hours. Yep. Whereas Jeff's 100 amp hour um, AGM battery can only use half, right? So um, that chemistry plays a lot into that. But also uh, my weight savings is huge, pretty significant. Huge. Yeah, I think so. I get the same amount of amp hours with... I think my battery is maybe 10 pounds. Yeah, mine's right? so 60, Jeff's battery is 65 Dang, yeah. I don't know batteries are that light. That's light. Yeah, it's very now, light. It's going to cost you something, right? I think, let's see, I can I can quickly look up my battery. Uh, I think my battery was, I think lithiums run about dollar, no, ten, is it ten, $10? I'd say $10 per amp hour. I think hour. it's $10. That, that sounds about right. I think it's about $10 per amp so hour. Looking about a stack for that battery? Yeah, let's see. About 500, so about 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. And you have the same yeah, okay. same capacity with a th- a fourth yep. of the weight. Mine was two fifty. Yep. So if I would have paid another two fifty, I could have got the same capacity, mm-hmm. and I would have saved smaller would package, have saved you know forty fifty pounds over the front of my axle in the in the engine bay. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. but what you you chose the quicker recharge from your charger is what it sounds like that's where you your, nah. your investment went was in that side oh yeah of, yeah over the battery 
Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And and also there, there's a whole different thing about uh, the number of depletions, right? The, the number of cycles that battery can go from 100 to zero back right. to 100. Yeah. That's one cycle. I can get like two to 3,000 of those, whereas I think Jeff is about half of that. Now, like I said, it's it's all about weighing pros and cons. So a good example of that is the drill batteries of current day back to the drill mm-hmm. ba- batteries back in the day to where like you'd be using your drill and it'll just start getting slower and slower and slower. And then all of a sudden it wouldn't put the screws in. That would be a, that would be a sealed lead acid battery, which is, or a nickel, nickel metal hydrate or whatever. It's kind of the same yeah. as like a, an AGM and they're not, mm-hmm. they deplete faster. They don't have as many cycles where the new, the new batteries are like lithium ion or lithium phosphates. And you have full power till you don't. And then the battery just shuts off. Mm-hmm. It's dead. So you don't even know. So yeah, there's a taper effect with Jeff's battery. Yeah, it's a, it's a ramp. A, a straight drop. Yeah, it's a big ramp and right. it's just slowly getting slower. So we're looking at, you know, 700 to 1200, depending on, on if you want to go, you know, how, how you want to, if you, if you want to do a preference, you could probably get down as low as, you know, 400, 500 bucks. If you, if you wanted yeah. to go like super, you know, bargain on, on both the battery and the charger, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you could, you could kind of take a priority of one or the other and get to the seven, $800 range, or you can go, mm-hmm. you know, white glove treatment, creme de la creme. I'm going in a 200 series and get, a, <laughs> and get a, 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 a nice lithium iron phosphate. Did I say that right? Yep, that's battery it. and a very nice DC charger and mm-hmm. some solar panels and your and your two Hundy series heritage is like is ready to go. There you go, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what's that? What what's the cost on the Jackery side then? So we know the cost on the dual battery setup DIY. Go you know go do your own weekend warrior trips. What's the what's the what's the Jackery cost? What's so the, I'm looking or at the, any other. I'm looking at the Jackery term, one thousand, you know? which would kind of be equivalent to like basically in between Steve and I's setups ish. Yeah. And that's looking at eight ninety nine. So no solar okay. panels. So that's pretty close to what I spent on my system, or right mm-hmm. around that, um, with all the wiring and stuff. And all you have to do is grab a plug and plug it in the cigarette lighter in the back of your car, or in the front of your car, and run yep. a long one. Um, yep. But what you what you don't get is the ability to upgrade in the future because you're stuck with that. You can't take it apart and put a different mm-hmm. battery in, which you actually might be able to replace the battery on it. Um, yeah, and it would take quite a bit, I think. And you can only put up to, you know, let's say 200 Watts of solar into it, which it's still a Mm -hmm. lot, right? You know, you can still put a a good amount. Um, but, uh, let's see hundred Watts of solar, 200, no, two, 100, two, 100 watt panels. So 200 Watts of solar Okay, and you know, you're good to go. So it's a great option for, I would say a lot of people. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, definitely for the weekend warrior. And another thing, and I don't mean to cut you off, Jeff, but there's there's an aspect of portability <laughs> uh, that that you have with Jackery, right? Because, for example, in the wintertime, I'll run a I'll, I'll run a, a heated blanket off my Jackery, and I could just bring that right up into my tent, plug that in. I don't have the fancy diesel heater yet, like Jeff has. Mm. But I can I can Peasant. take that into the tent. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's the first time I've ever been called a peasant in my uh, drive in my It's LX the first time I've ever said But like that portability aspect is is not something to just scoff at, right? We have with Jeff and Mind System, we have the ability to expand it, but we can't. It's not portable, right? So if you have multiple vehicles that you take out, say if you have a solo vehicle that you just do solo trips in, but then you also have like a family vehicle. You can take that Jackery or that Blue Eddy or whatever it is, uh, or that Goal Zero, and bring it into each individual um, vehicle. So it, it's it's really just what what you want to do and what you want to get out of it and, and tailor your power system to, to your needs. Yeah, I'm stuck to my vehicle. So if I camp somewhere where I can't park my vehicle where I'm camping, it's not good. If you have the yeah. jack or you just pull the thing out. I mean, I have little USB mm-hmm. batteries and stuff, so I'm not sitting here complaining. I'm perfectly fine. But mm-hmm. if I want to run my diesel heater in my tent that it's too far away, I only have like a 20-foot cord or 15-foot cord on that diesel heater. I don't have anything else I can run it on. I need to be next to the vehicle. So, you know, that's a that's a downside. It's not portable. You can't bring it inside. If the power goes out, you have to run an extension cord in from the garage. Um, so things like that, you know, that that factor in. Um, you know, but my vehicle for emergency preparedness, that's a whole nother topic, but I basically just park my car outside, (laughs) put an extension cord out to the inverter that I have, and I'm powering my, you Mm -hmm. know, a couple fridges inside the house and some lights and I'm good to go with it, with it running and it'll last longer than a generator all day. Yep. This is good shit. So we learned how dual battery systems work. We learned uh, how to how to incorporate solar into into your, your systems today, and we also learned really easy alternatives. If you say, you know what, I'm not I'm not in all that stuff. Let's just go ahead and get it. Get me a box I can carry with me that can do it right. <laughs> Let's like, go to REI. I totally and get that solution. Bro. You know, yeah. Hey, hey, I'm with you, folks. That's me right there. Like, let's <laughs> just make it easy. Mm-hmm. And 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 all my kids got tablets, and mm-hmm. you know, I can get all my Facebooks, and we could take pictures and Instagram the pictures that we have. Right? That's we're all that's good right. there. Um, no shame in that game. But that's pretty cool. Like, it was good to learn that whole process. Uh, it's yeah. a great opportunity to to record that too, because I think this is going to help not only me but our listeners as well who might have an interest in, in doing one of these projects or trying to figure it out. So good stuff, guys. Good work for uh, yeah. for a few podcasters <laughs> in their in their work from home offices. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, well, that wraps it up for tonight. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. Thank you.